All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more thing. Tight, tighten up your core thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Okay, so Mary, you know how you joined me for Tuesday's Fifth Thing episode, and your quote was about just setting yourself up for a good day, but like just speaking that positivity, putting it out there. Like it was from Dr. Amen. And basically he was just saying, you wake up and you're like, I'm going to have a good day. Yes. It's going to be great. And I'm going to start implementing that. So I'm glad that you, you reminded me of that and listeners on Tuesday, but I saw like this article that was put out by a psychologist that shared tweaks to your morning routine to make you happier throughout the day. And the first thing that they had on there was drinking a cold glass of water first thing right when you wake up. And I was like, Mary's basically an expert because (laughs) I feel like people loved this tip so much. The last time you talked about it, I feel like you need to say it again because not everybody listens to every single episode. Oh, okay. So I started doing this a few months ago and I still, it's like, I don't know. I try different habits and some stick and some don't, but this is definitely stuck. So I have like a giant, not a giant, just like a big Yeti tumbler and I fill it with ice water and like lemon slices at night and then just set it on my nightstand. So then when you wake up in the morning, it's like a refreshing, delicious drink. And it's, you can get stay hydrated. It's something I look forward to when I wake up. So that is my tip. No, I love it. It's a genius pro tip because it's like, if you don't do that, you have to get up, go to the kitchen, get the mm-hmm. ice, get the lemon. But like you figured out a way, especially because Yeti or something insulated will keep the ice there. And then you have this refreshing cold water situation. And then you wake up and you just look at your cup and you're like, I'm going to have a good day. Yeah. Another thing that this psychologist shared, which is Oja Asi is the psychologist's name, by the way, but um, they said to reclaim your time by doing something that you like to do before you go to work. Like you feel more in control when you start your day with something of your choosing before just heading into work demands. Like that could be taking time for meditation or maybe a little yoga, or just quietly enjoying a cup of coffee, 
or maybe taking time to journal in your four things gratitude journal, or maybe you don't have one of our journals, but you've got any notebook and you want to make note of four things that you're thankful for, whatever it is, it's for you. It's you're not jumping right in to work. It also went into keeping the stress of your commute in perspective. Like if traffic or train delays stress you out, trying not to let those setbacks overwhelm you. We can't control some things that life throws at us, but we can take a minute to breathe, to reset our nervous system, to feel calm and composed again. And breathing really does work. I know it sounds so weird that like if you're getting worked up and your nervous system is getting like, which yes, traffic is totally out of your control or, and that's just an example, but I've been heightened for various reasons. And when I do take the time to breathe, it's crazy. And my therapist too has me do angel taps sometimes, which is where you just kind of crisscross your arms. Like, How do you describe this, Mary? Like make an X. Yeah, touch both your shoulders crossing your arms. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And then I sit there and I breathe and I kind of just tap. There's something about your brain processing the your your hands tapping your shoulders and you getting in touch with yourself. And it it calms you just something that I'll throw out there. Obviously, if you're driving, you cannot do angel taps. But you can still do the breathing. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't believe in the whole breathing thing. Not believe. I just didn't really care or think about it. But yeah, it definitely makes a difference. I had to get an MRI on my jaw last week and I wasn't worried about it at all. And then I got in there and like did not like it at all and like felt like I was going to about to lose it. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to do breathing. And that's the only way I could do it. And then I was fine. Not fine, but like the breathing. Otherwise I was going to about to yell, like, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. But the breathing really helped. Helps calm you. Did you do your, yes. everyone has different numbers. Like my number's four, seven, eight, but you have Mary's is four, six, eight. Yeah. Breathe in for four, hold it for six, blow out for eight. Is that what it is? I don't know. Or you can just do, I think I was doing shorter because I was trying not to move at all at the same time. So it's a little more hard, but yeah, you can do like four, four, four. Like it doesn't matter. I don't think as long as you're just consistent and thinking, it gets your mind off of it too. Um, another thing here, it says create boundaries with the morning habits that drain you. Like pay attention to what's adding to your stress in the mornings. And for a lot of us, that's checking emails or scrolling on your phone first thing. And it says here, like, try not to do that first thing if you can help it. And the idea is to create a buffer between energy draining activities and the ones that energize you for the day ahead. So I know for me, sometimes because my phone is my alarm, I'll pick up my phone to turn my alarm off and then boom, my phone already, it's like sucks me in. It's already got me and it's one because (laughs) like your thumb, it's so easy to just swipe or click or whatever. And the next thing you know, you're maybe answering texts from the bed or checking email or scrolling on Instagram. And you're like, oh shoot, 10 minutes goes by. And you're like, no, no, I needed to be up. And then that goes back to reclaiming your time for something that you need to do for yourself in the morning that's going to set your day up for success. I feel like since we're talking about this too, I, I want to get into next just real quick, Mary. I saw Jennifer Aniston talked about her self-care secrets. Oh my gosh, I was just about to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Jennifer. But before we do, I feel like now is an appropriate time to play that song again, at least the hook for Good Day, because we did this on Tuesday's episode. And I don't know, this song is so fun. So yeah. Houston, let's hit that clip again. Okay, I think it's official. I'm making that my alarm wake up song again. I had it years ago, but then I changed it. You know, my alarms are different depending on which one I click. Yeah, you had some weird one when I was, I heard Taylor some. Swift. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. You're so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything to your face. Oh, oh what can God. I say? You're gorgeous. Yeah, I don't know how that became a wake up song for me, but it did. I think one of my kids did it once. And then now sometimes it like scares me. So honestly, I feel like good day. I'll still have a good feeling when I listen to it. But sometimes when Taylor Swift gorgeous like comes on in any other capacity, I'm like, change it. Because now I feel like I'm having to wake up and I don't want that feeling. All right. So Jennifer Aniston spills her self-care secrets. So when asked, how do you practice self-care? Jennifer said, it's just a daily thing. My self-care is my morning routine. I don't pick up my phone until I'm finished walking my dogs, 
feeding the dogs, meditating, journaling, making my coffee, you know, just having a nice clear head and then I'll go into the world, so to speak. So look, I mean, basically us. Yeah. To me, that sounds crazy and overwhelming, but then I'm like, I didn't used to like, look at my phone. I remember, yeah. When I lived in New York, I would wake up, I wouldn't even look at my email or text. And then I would like go to a workout class, whatever. And I would look at my phone when I got out of the workout class and like, I don't know. Now I'm like, I can't even imagine doing that, but yeah, it's definitely possible. And I feel like we place so much emphasis and importance on checking things. I don't know if there's an emergency, I guess we can see it, but I don't know. I also start, have started using the hatch sleep machine thing instead of an alarm clock. Oh yeah. I, I saw that thing. I, I was yeah, maybe going to order one. Should I, I think I was waiting for you to review it. I mean, I, I really like it. Yes. I think it's good. It's, it's like a three in one, like alarm clock. It's like a little machine you keep on your nightstand and it's not like super ugly or anything. And it has like a built-in light that you can set your sleep routine for what you want to do when you go to bed and when you want to wake up. So like I have it set where, I don't know, you build in increments. Like I want to read for 30 minutes and then you can do like a meditation or something, which I don't do anymore, but you can just do different things like that. And then you you're woken up by the light. It's like a natural, like something that helps your circadian rhythm. I don't know. It starts getting light like 15 minutes before you want to wake up. And then you can set your wake up your alarm clock too. And I wake up to the sound of like, I think it's birds, but I'm not sure. It's birds. <laughs> I always set a backup, like real alarm on my phone for later, just in case. Cause I'm like, am I going to wake up to this? But I have every time. So I usually wake up before, but. Okay. And it's called hatch. Yes. Okay. So if you mm-hmm. want to check that out, I, I just wrote it down for myself actually. So yeah. And it can do meditation. Like it's like a, after your light goes off, you can have it just do like a 10 minute meditation that kind of helps you go to sleep too. I haven't done that recently, but some people are into that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be checking out sold. <laughs> this is not, not a commercial. Put it on your Amazon thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll add it to my Amazon page. Anything that I get from Amazon, y'all can find at radioamy.com. Okay, so Jennifer Aniston was asked, what advice do you have for those who want to start a wellness routine but don't know where to start? Jennifer said, start with 10 minutes, 10 minutes of walking, maybe 10 minutes of meditating, two pages of journaling. Give yourself three minutes to journal, set a timer. Give Hmm. yourself little goals, and then once you start to love it, you'll realize, oh, I just went for four minutes. Uh, She said she has a girlfriend who got a Peloton bike, and she said, okay, I can only get to five minutes. Well, now she's up to 45 minutes. It just took her time. It's about giving yourself that allowance to take baby steps. And I think that's actually really good advice, especially that's even when Mary and I were creating our gratitude journal, we just wanted it to be four easy things. Like you literally could just jot down one word or we put stickers in the back where you could just put a sticker down for the days you don't have words. And it's baby steps to where some days you may end up writing a whole paragraph for one thing that you're thankful for instead of just one word. You may just grow into it if something seems intimidating, like the meditation. Like I still don't feel like I'm a good meditator. I mean, even if I'm having like a quiet time or trying to pray, like my brain just like goes Mm -hmm. all over the place, but I'm probably trying to do it for too long. Like if I set more tiny goals, then I'll get more used to having that quiet time and able to do it. Yeah. You can do it for like as little as like two minutes, even on either the hatch thing or like there's apps on your phone that you can do it for free that I've done. And I don't know. I think those are good. Yeah. Okay. Last thing that Jennifer Aniston was asked, or what are your wellness goals for the rest of 2021 and beyond? Mary, this is kind of like I'm having Jennifer Aniston on the podcast, but it's basically welcome to, yeah. Jennifer (laughs) Aniston is on on the four things podcast. Really? I'm just reading an article. She doesn't know it yet, but it's fine. I like in the description, I type Jennifer Aniston so that my podcast comes up if people search her out. Okay. Uh, So what are your wellness goals for the rest of 2021 and beyond? And Jennifer said, to stay on it, my goal is to continue to be committed to myself and to my body because this is the only one we get, but also fully allow your indulgences. The 80-20, I think is a good rule. Allow yourself some fun, allow yourself things that you love and take away any kind of negative thoughts around it. Enjoy it. Remove shame from your vocabulary or feelings if you are capable. And then what were you telling me earlier, Mary, like not on the air? Jennifer Aniston eats bread now. 
Oh yeah, I saw something that was like, it was like a headline. Jennifer Aniston has started eating bread again, which I'm like, is that really a headline? But apparently it is. Because she said, yeah, like that everyone's always afraid of the bread basket and that she has been in the past as well, but she has given herself a break and she's no longer afraid of bread. As long as it's, she's like all about moderation. Good for her. I thought whenever you said that, I was like, oh wait, no, I think that's Gwyneth Paltrow. Because I think there was also a headline not too long ago that she ate bread during the (laughs) pandemic or something. (laughs) Which I'm like, okay, I don't know. I have no room to talk. I've come a long way. But yeah, I used to be so scared of certain foods. And I'm so thankful to be out of that. And But I know I also want to be sensitive to the fact that others listening may be in the thick of it. And that's not lost on me at all. And there is no shame around that. And I love that Jennifer Aniston ended that question with remove shame from your vocabulary or feelings if you are capable. And you know, that's easier said than done. That might actually take a lot of work, but if you're committed to it, you can get there. Well, I just like to thank Jennifer Aniston for joining us for today's You're welcome. (laughs) Mary and I actually watched the Friends reunion on HBO Max together. You probably heard us talk about it on a previous episode. That got me watching Friends again. I feel like I watch it every day now, every Mm -hmm. night, which I had taken a break. I was more about The Office and now I'm back to Friends. Oh, it definitely got me watching Friends again. And I'm watching Schitt's Creek. And then I want to make Golden Girls a thing. My niece sent me a clip. She's 18 and had never seen Golden Girls. I had her modeling our Four Things TV tees when she was staying with me a couple of weeks ago. And I just had her pull up the shirts and see if she knew the TV show. So she held up the shirt that said, pivot, on a break, smelly cat, how you doing? And I think right away she was like, okay, yeah, this is friends. Then she held up the shirt that said, that's what she said. And she was like, how I met your mother? And I was like, no, it's the office. (laughs) And then she held up Blanche, Rose, Sophia, and Dorothy, and she had no idea. And I thought, what? how how has my sister been raising you? And why do you not know who the Golden Girls are? And why are you not watching it? So like at midnight the other night, I, I wake up to a text that she sent like around midnight to of her watching Golden Girls by herself at home. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I am training you well. And then the last shirt was Johnny, Moira, Alexis, Hugh, David. Yeah. And she knew right away, oh, that's Shit's Creek. So oh. obviously that one's popular with the kids, the 18 year olds. I had put up the Golden Girls one and it got quite the re- reaction on Shop Espoir because I run that Instagram and it got like <laughs> over 2,000 likes and I don't know, 75 comments. And that never happens. <laughs> Like, I get excited if like we get a couple hundred likes and maybe three comments and then two of the comments are normally me replying to somebody. Or me. Yeah, we all just reply to ourselves. Yeah, if you want to make Amy happy and feel good, go like and comment on all Shop a Squad Instagram. Mm-hmm. Well, my point in saying that is I think that picture obviously did so well and it made me think people are like tagging their friends because I asked like, which golden girl are you? Like if you had to pick to be one of the golden girls, who would you be? I think I would want to be Rose, but I'm probably more Dorothy. Yeah, you're Dorothy. (laughs) You are. (laughs) Sorry. What are you? I don't know. I mean, I had put in that post, I said that probably too, like a little bit of Rose, not necessarily like the sweet part, but sometimes just how she she is, like with her storytelling and like rambling, like that's me. And then like some of Sophia. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can see that. So mixture there. And so people were tagging. So I thought, oh, this could be a fun giveaway. So maybe I'll do that one on Radio Amy for today. So you're listening to this on Thursday, the 8th. And so I'll do the giveaway through the weekend and I'll put it up and you can go to it, Radio Amy, and then tag like your bestie and like post which golden girl you are and what golden girl she is. And yeah, you heard it. Mary's Dorothy. (laughs) But yeah, just do that. And then you'll notice whenever we put up the giveaway that Mary and I will comment and post, like comment on our own post to be like, yay, good job. So we're very Mm -hmm. cool like that. And uh, Mary runs at the shop forward. If you want to go follow her there and watch her stories, because for whatever reason, nobody sees her stories. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very depressing. Okay. Well, thank you, Mary. And thank you, Jen. For, for joining us for this thing. And if y'all are interested in getting one of the TVTs for yourself, the Four Things TVTs, you can go to fourthings.com. This is the easy way to remember it. I feel like every time I say one website, I have to say them all because I'm like, well, or what if you remember radioamy.com? Is that easier? Or theshopforward.com? 
But since it's a four things tea and you're listening to the four things podcast, maybe four things.com, but all those shirts are up there and those are four shows that you definitely should check out or watch. It's kind of funny, but it's the ones we like naturally just talked about. We happen to have shirts about. Them. Yeah. That's probably why we, cause they're like our favorites, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's where you can find the shirts. If you want something to rep your favorite TV show, or you need a cute gift for somebody and you want a gift that gives back because our four things line is under Espoir, which supports Haiti. Always Espoir means hope in Haitian Creole. All right, Mary, I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. I got my brother David on for this thing. And David, I thought you could join me because we grew up with a dad that loved food and interesting concoctions. And I saw this article that was talking about foods that people grew up with where in their family, it was like totally normal, but it's actually super gross stuff. And (laughs) I feel like we might have some recipes that lean in that direction. And I'll share some of the things that the people shared in this article as well. But growing up, we would have cinnamon rolls with sausage gravy. And in our family, that was very normal. But anytime I tell it to anybody, they're disgusted by it. And I'm like, look, don't knock it till you try it because it's amazing. That was one of my favorite things that he ever made. And, you know, you go to McDonald's and they've got, what is it? The the sausage McGriddle, which is pancakes with sausage on it. So, I mean, sausage and sweet goes well together. I mean, people like that. So I don't think that that's gross. I'll tell you what's gross. What was gross was Oysters Christopher, which tasted awesome, but you just can't hide the fact that you're swallowing these slimy oysters, you know? To be fair, they weren't raw, though. They were pan fried. Oh, they were pan fried. I don't know. For me, it's slimy food. So like fried okra, which, you know, in West Texas, where I grew up with my, you know, my family, that was a that was a regular, you know, regular treat, quote unquote. And it was disgusting. <laughs> and uh, and then oysters. Yeah. Oysters, which dad loved. But I don't know. I feel like I'm swallowing a booger. You know, it's gross. David's <laughs> making it sound. Well, I don't like oysters either, but it was so tasty. It was really tasty. It was Worcestershire sauce. And yeah, I think it was breaded and it was tasty, but it was like a love-hate relationship because it was like this really tastes good on the outside, but it was like an oyster M&M. It tasted really good on the outside and the inside is just nasty. <laughs> is that how you feel about M&Ms? No, no, I love M&Ms, but if they had oysters inside, I wouldn't. So, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mean, this is sort of Ames. You grew up like putting ketchup on everything, right? And and I, I was sort of the same way. I think one of the like food shaming is such a big deal. And when we were growing up, it was like you ate what was put in front of you and you didn't say anything. If you did say something, you were like grounded or sent to your room or paddled or whatever, right? And food is so personal. And forcing people to eat things, you know, especially as children that are disgusting to them, right? Where their taste buds or whatever, the consistency is just foul to them. It it feels like that's such a horrible thing to do to kids. And it's horrible to make people eat things that they're not comfortable eating. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely think that hopefully we can change the way we, we do things around the family table. And I think that we have in a way of, I don't think we're the generation that's like, eat every bite on your plate or you can't get up from the table. But then that came from a different mindset yeah. of like, you should be thankful for this food and yeah. maybe you don't know when you're going to get any more. So you better eat every bite. And, you know, we're shifting away from that. But I do know that you're particularly sensitive to the food shaming and maybe not necessarily being into what your family is serving. But I do want to go over some of the grossest foods that uh, people talked about in this article. And I just want your thoughts on it. So, all right. Someone said that their family regularly served them cold peas, mayonnaise, and sugar mixed together as a side dish. Cold peas, mayonnaise, and sugar. I guess I guess it was some type of salad. Yes, I could see that. Like, like a pea salad? Maybe, yes. That's. I mean, to me, I love mayonnaise and I actually love peas, so it doesn't sound that gross to me. No, I mean, okay, so potato salad has a mayonnaise base and it's potatoes, so... I guess, I mean, peas are a starch. So I guess I can sort of see that. I mean, it wouldn't be something I'd choose, but I think I'd be able to swallow that without retching. So on a scale of like one to 10, I'd, I'd say that's a five on the gross scale. 
Well, speaking of salads, someone said that their parents would put leftover pot roast in a food processor and mix it with Miracle Whip and relish and eat it on bread, and they called it beef salad. Oh, ew. Oh, you put relish into anything, and it immediately gets like plus four on the gross scale. So that's up in the eight or nine range. So fun fact about me is I hate pickles, cannot stand them because I threw one up in the sixth grade. I was on the pep squad (laughs) and I ate one of those big pickles from the football game. And then we were driving home and my mom had to pull over because I was throwing up and I don't eat pickles at all. But I like relish, sweet relish. I I hate relish. Relish is like gross. But but the pickles on Chick-fil-A sandwiches, right? Those I'll eat. I, I I take them out of the sandwich and eat them, but they they taste okay to me. So I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, like I'm the one person in our family that gets if we're going to Chick Fil A, I get the number one or whatever. Yeah. No pickle. No pickle. Sans pickle. Uh, what about peanut butter and bacon on toast topped with gravy? Okay, so first off, you know peanut butter is the most disgusting food on the planet, right? <laughs> the smell of peanut butter is just it's horrible to me. So. Anything with peanut butter on the list is just a non-starter for me. How about cold spaghetti, lettuce, chicken, cheese, all topped with French dressing? Uh, Someone's family called that the president's salad. Okay, if you're one of these people that needs to disguise your salad so that it's like a meat and cheese dish, this actually works. So if you've ever had like a Russian salad, like like a salad with Russian dressing or French dressing, like a cob with ham and cheese and bacon and everything else. It's sort of like easy to ignore that there's lettuce in it. So I can, I can see that. My kids are from Haiti and they often would have just spaghetti with ketchup, spaghetti noodles mm-hmm. with ketchup on top, but that was served for breakfast regularly. Yeah. Also too, kind of you think of culturally mm-hmm. where you grew up and what was served. And then that's like, to me, that was very not normal, but then it's like, well, what is normal? Why is a breakfast food a breakfast food? Well, it's because marketing has told us <laughs> this is what you eat at breakfast time. Well, in, in Haiti, though, I would think normal is not getting food, right? Yes. For a lot of those kids in the orphanages. So I, I would think they're, they're not going to be picky about whether it's a breakfast food for breakfast or dinner or whatever. They're just happy to get a meal. Yeah, but in Haitian culture, like those that are getting food regularly, even outside of the orphanage, spaghetti for breakfast with just noodles and ketchup is a thing. That's interesting. You would like that though, right? You you put ketchup on something and it's good for you, right? Yeah, shockingly, I don't use ketchup as much as I used to. Yeah, dad used to say that food was just a carrier to get ketchup in my mouth, but (laughs) I have grown up a little. That's that's a little sad, though, because I think ketchup is a food group, right? It's it's like one of the best ways for me to get tomatoes inside me. So it's a vegetable, right? It's made out of tomatoes or fruit, right? I mean, something. We can yes. count it, right? We can count. We can say, hey, we're having we had our fruits today. If you have a, a large enough serving of ketchup. What about uh, damn if I know soup? I guess someone's grandmother would just always throw stuff if she was cleaning out her fridge. And I guess I've heard that as like everything but the kitchen sink, like whether it's cookies or soup or whatever. But I kind of like that name. Like, damn if I know. Yeah. So casseroles, right? When we were growing up, uh, Sunday after church, you know, everybody would bring over potluck and there would be these mystery casseroles, right? Where you had no idea what was in them. And I guess if you're somebody that loves everything, right, then it's sort of cool because it's a surprise. But if you're somebody who doesn't like a lot of foods, it's sort of not a pleasant surprise. So that would be pretty high on my gross list. Well, so do you personally have anything that other people consider like, eh, but you appreciate the combo? I don't know. I mean, most of the stuff that I eat is, I think, is pretty standard, right? I think probably the like the craziest thing that, that I regularly enjoy eating is I eat a lot of steak with balsamic vinegar. I don't think that that's crazy. That was something dad taught me. So, But I, I think it's atypical. When I tell people that, they're like, that sounds really interesting. And a lot of people are skeptical at first, but everybody who's tried it really, really enjoys it. Like I'm a burger and potato and steak guy. So I don't think any of the things that I eat are too crazy. I mean, as a kid, I just remember you always drinking Dr. Pepper. And was it, were you eating Funyuns? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Funyuns. So there's some snack foods <laughs> that are sort of nasty that, that you know, I, I don't know. I just have a taste for them. Like Funyuns, the, it's really weird. I hate onions, but, but Funyuns, which are onion flavored. <laughs> Well, I was about to say they're not really onions, David. So no, you're good. they're not. But but they're <laughs> onion flavored, right? They taste like onions, right? So anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's some snacks that people are like, 
why are you eating that? But, uh, but yeah, Funyuns is up there. One, like Lisa, my wife, she really thinks that Frito pies are strange. She's like, you're eating like junk food as a meal just because you put Fritos and chili and cheese together. And she didn't think too much of that. A lot of it may be regional, right? Because in Texas, Frito pies are like a thing. It's like Friday night football games, Frito pies, right? But in Boston, where she comes from, it they just don't get that. But they have strange things that they eat up there that I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most genius things ever is getting a bag, like the little individual serving size bags of yeah, Fritos and size, then you cut yeah. off the top yeah. and then you pour the chili, the cheese and the sour cream into the bag and boom, you're good to go. Like if you're ever hosting a party, that's a, such a cute way to serve everything and then you don't have to wash any bowls at the end of the party. <laughs> yeah, they give you a spork and you're good to go, right? Yes. Oh, sporks. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to give people conversation starter at your next family meal or something like, hey, what's something that we ate as kids that we thought was normal and is actually kind of gross? And I would love to hear any interesting concoctions that y'all have. You can email me four things with Amy Brown at gmail.com. And maybe I need to try some of these out because I would campaign all day long for people to try cinnamon rolls with sausage gravy, which is just that. Like you can get the Pillsbury Doughboy cinnamon rolls. You get Jimmy Dean's spicy sausage. I think the spicy sausage is key. At least dad would say that. And then you, yeah, Jimmy Dean's hot. And then make some white gravy and boom, you're good to go. And you just bake the cinnamon rolls, put the icing on top, put the sausage gravy as the final touch, and then you bite in. And it's so good. I know it sounds weird, but I'm the voice of sausage gravy and cinnamon rolls. (laughs) So I tell you what, if people are going to write with the grossest thing that they ate when they were growing up, they also have to write in the best thing that their family made, okay? Because it's sort of fun to laugh at the gross thing, but I want to hear, you know, what people really thought was like the best thing that their family made, because I'll try it. Yes, I think that we should. We should try it. Maybe next time we're together, we try it. We make a video. We're like, hey, we heard about this. It's so good. And it becomes a new thing. The sausage gravy and cinnamon rolls... My, I think that falls into both categories. It does. It is gross and weird, but it's also one of my favorite things that has come out of our family. Yeah. So I don't think that one's gross or weird. It's weird. It's it's definitely strange, right? But that to me, it's like cinnamon rolls are amazing and sausage gravy is amazing. So together, maybe a little bit weird, but you would expect it to be amazing. But yeah, let's let's get together and try some of these. So people should send their best recipes and their and their weirdest recipes, and we'll try them. Perfect. We have a new cooking show in the works that we'll be putting up <laughs> in all of our free time. Well, we got David gotta and eat. I coordinating. Yeah, we do have to eat, but Dave and I are coordinating together to try to record. I mean, busy bees, but we got it done. Well, always make time for you, Ames. Okay, David. Well, good to see you. I kind of like this too, because I get to see you over Zoom, and it's like a little weekly meeting. No pressure to join the podcast weekly. Just saying. Uh, it's not a problem. I mean, 10 minutes hanging out with my sister, It's that's that's a good thing. Is there anything that like you would like to share or plug with listeners here? I, you know, some sometime we'll come back and we'll talk about what I do for business, but I don't want to sully this right at this point. Here's what I'll plug, right? My favorite breakfast, and it's super easy to make. You go get cinnamon, the cinnamon bread, right? Like Hilshire Farms or Thomas's cinnamon bread. And then you get the Jimmy Dean hot sausage, and some just white American cheese, like boar's head cheese. And you cook the sausage in the pan, toss it between a, you know, a couple of slices of toasted cinnamon bread, a slice of cheese. And it's like better than any breakfast sandwich that you pay like $4 for out at a fast food joint. So I'm going to plug that because that's my favorite breakfast. Eat it almost every day. Okay. I love that. And that reminds me of something else dad used to do. He would do the cinnamon raisin bread and make like a grilled cheese, but put jalapeno pimento cheese in the middle. Yeah. And so he'd butter each side, fill it with the pimento cheese and then grill it, you know, on the stovetop, like back and forth, just like you would do a grilled cheese and you slice into that. And I mean, that is a nice concoction. See, see, I'm totally into things that are like with COVID and us like, like we work from home now, you know, all the time. And I know that you do as well. So with COVID, the thing that I love the most is that I've stopped going out and spending like, you know, crazy amounts of money on, on fast food and I'm making things at home. And so I've started trying to make things that I liked at restaurants at home. 
and they're better. They're usually better than than what you get at a restaurant, particularly fast food. So I'd love to see people's recipes for that. Like, how do you take something that like Taco Bell or whatever you used to eat at fast food and make it home and make it better? That would be awesome. Sometimes it's just the ingredients, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you know what we hear from people. I'll send the emails your way. Okay, David, I will talk to you real soon. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or a concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Tacova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas anytime I wear them or I get a new pair. They feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results... Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, 
food, everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month, and when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Okay, so this thing today is a little different. It's kind of a a teaser of a podcast that I was on earlier this week on Monday. Mike D's movie podcast releases. Did you do that on purpose? Mike D's movie podcast out on Monday. Yeah, all the alliteration. All M. So I've got Mike D here with me. And we want to encourage y'all to go search for his podcast and listen to our chat. Because I feel like, although we were talking about movies, like I shared some things with you that I have never said really out loud or for sure on a microphone. Yeah, I learned some things about you. Like that one thing about my boyfriend in college yeah yeah (laughs) I thought maybe I had said that on the Bobby Bone show at some point but I guess I didn't but it's something crazy that my boyfriend in college had to do at one point in his life and we were kind of I'm trying to think if I could ever do something like that and I definitely definitely don't think I can and Mike and I went down memory lane we went deep into the Bobby Bone show archives from nine years ago or so yeah and just things that we've worked on together and stuff that we put out as a show an award that I won a big award back in the day it's probably one of my biggest radio accomplishments ever maybe a lot of people don't know about it yeah maybe they don't I know I've talked about it from time to time because honestly I do like to brag about (laughs) it here and there when it comes up but um, Mike D's podcast is all about movies we throw back to my favorite movies as a child and what else did you ask me like uh, what movie uh, series or franchise favorite series do I really enjoy stuff that I like to watch with my kids and I don't know Mike why don't you just give a little plug for your podcast here and see if people want to go check it out well if you love movies you should check out my podcast because that's all I do every single week I talk about movies I research movie topics and then I also interview directors and actors just recently I got to talk to the original cast of the Willy Wonka movie the original one yeah which they were all kids when they did that movie but now they're all like in their 60s and they like reunited for the first time so I got to learn about that. Oh, that's super interesting. Well, I was honored that you had me as a guest this week. And I feel like we stuck to movies. We talked about a few other things in between. So there might be some tidbits that will also be interesting to you. So if you like things that we talk about here, I really feel like Mike and I's episode on his podcast is totally like a thing that would be here on the Four Things podcast. So I think it's something that you'll enjoy. And Mike D even made me go way back into memory lane or way down memory lane to think of who my first movie date was. Yeah. Like the first person I can remember going to the movies with as a date. And I think I know the person. <laughs> and now I'm very curious where he is. So definitely uh, check that out. We're on the same network, right? Yeah. The Nashville Podcast we Network. Same network. So just know that, yeah, if you're supporting me, you're supporting Mike, you're supporting Bobby Cast, Get Real with Caroline Hobby, Velvet's Edge. Who else is on the network? We have a new music podcast called The Biz Tape, like mm-hmm. music business. Oh, Sore Losers. Sore Losers. Yes, which obviously we want to support Eddie, Ray, and Lunchbox. And then who else? Uh, Talk to Chuck with Chuck Wicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Too Much to Say with Kaylee Shore. Awesome. So that is everybody on the Nashville Podcast Network. I also have my own. So sometimes people get confused, the Amy Brown Podcast Network. And not that this really matters, the networks, (laughs) but we do feel like we're our own little family and we try to look out for each other. And then over on mine is You Need Therapy Podcast with Kat Defada truthiest life with lisa haim and then the eating disorder podcast that i host called outweigh with lisa as well so there you go lots of podcasts for you to go check out and i guess mike before i have you go is there a movie recommendation you have for anybody listening right now that maybe they haven't checked out yet i just watched a really good movie on netflix called fatherhood it's with kevin hart and it's about him living as a single dad It sounds like a spoiler, but it's not. You learn it in the trailer in the very first five minutes. But his wife passes away after having their daughter. And then it's him deciding whether or not he's going to go back home to be with family or just go on the full single dad route. Huh. Okay. So Kevin Hart, he's a comedian, but it's sounding kind of sad. So where does it fall in the emotion range? It's like a dramedy. There's some sad parts to it. Is dramedy like drama and comedy? Drama and comedy. It's not like laugh out loud funny, but it's like subtle things that'll make you laugh. And overall, I think it's a really great watch. Okay. Fatherhood on Netflix. Netflix. All right. Well, thank you, Mike D. And yeah, y'all go search up his podcast, Mike D's Movie Podcast. And I was on this last Monday's episode, which is July 5th. 
if sometimes you need a date to help make sure that you're getting the right episode. But I'm sure you put like, Amy is my guest. Amy, is that Amy, the title? Yes, Amy, Amy, guest. Amy. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, Mike. Okay, I'm on with Pavia Rosati, and you recently co-authored Travel North America and Avoid Being a Tourist. So thank you for coming on to talk to us about traveling. Oh, Amy, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm always happy to talk about travel. Well, yeah. I mean, you're also the founder of a travel company, Fathom, which for Fathom Way. And so I think like you're the perfect person that we need to talk to. And I want to start off with discussing the joys of slowing down, which I know is something that you get into in the book. And I think that that's what we all need at times is that permission to slow down. So, you know, when you speak to that, what what do you want to remind people to do, especially when it comes to taking a vacation? You know what I want to remind people is that there's no right way to do a vacation. But there are wrong ways to do a vacation. And I think the wrong vacation is the one where you come home and need a vacation from your holiday because you ran yourself so ragged trying to do too many things. Vacations are a time to recharge, right? And so we actually have a chapter in the book that's, you know, the second chapter in the book is really all about this. It's called The Joy of Slowing Down. And we say, sit still, take a walk, get to the beach, right? I think slowing down when you're traveling is really about enjoying the moment that you're in, getting your nose out of your phone, and just relishing the fact that you're in a foreign place and taking in everything that means. What does it look like? What does it smell like? Who are you meeting? Who is new? How does it make you feel? And I think you bring up a good point about the phone and that's something, you know, we want to capture memories, but then, yeah, do you have sort of a a rule about, you know, what you would advise people on phones and like Instagram, maybe even like taking content quickly while you're there, but not worrying about posting it right away. Oh my God, never post when you're on vacation. You're robbing yourself of your holiday time. I do have a couple of rules. One, no phones at the dinner table ever, ever, ever. I think it probably gives you indigestion. Never look something up. No, don't look at your phone at the table unless you want to take a quick picture of your dinner. But my goodness, don't let the French fries get cold while you capture the perfect lighting and the perfect like glisten of the ketchup. When you are traveling also, similarly, beautiful sunset, take a quick picture. Beautiful sight, take a picture. Don't forget to take a picture of yourself also and of the people who you're with. But then put your phone in your bag, put your phone in your pocket. You are not a slave to that phone. That phone works for you. So don't let that phone interfere with your precious vacation time. You know what I want pictures of so badly? Because I have never been, and it's right here in the U.S. Like, I've been thinking about, yes, domestic travel, and where are some places right here that I have never been that I really want to go? And at the top of the list is Montana. And I know maybe oh, I became. Uh, oh, have well, I am obsessed with the show Yellowstone. Have you watched that? I've watched one or two of them. And listen, it's so beautiful. I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I want to go, but I guess, you know, planning something, I think everybody, because they didn't get to travel last summer, they're getting out and about and Montana is just such a popular destination and everything has been booked. It's crazy. I was trying to go at the end of July and I can't find anywhere to go. And I'm like, Ugh, maybe I just go and pitch a tent or something. Well, you can. And, you know, new glamping options and tenting options and RV, these are a huge trend that we're seeing all around the country. What I'm going to say is this. The parks are getting a lot smarter about crowd control, and that's a really great thing, right? Museums are also getting smart about crowd control. So maybe you can't be as spontaneous as you could otherwise be, but by having to book, it means you're going to have a better experience when you're there because nothing is going to be as overrun or as crowded. Now, If you can't get into Yellowstone, if you can't get into Zion or Canyonlands or the giant parks, look closer to home. What are the state parks that you probably, you've probably never been to those either, right? Because we never go to the places that are right under the nose. Because you always think one day, one day, one day, I'll get there. And then we never really bother to pay attention to the things that we have close by. So if you can't make that great big place like the marquee headline look smaller and look to something a little bit more local. And then if you can't get somewhere at the height of the summer when everyone else is traveling, see if you can't go in the off season. Montana in the wintertime, late fall, beautiful, really, really beautiful. 
Ooh, okay. That's a good tip. I just am curious. I am so not good at planning and plus my schedule is just yep. all over the place. And yeah, I mean, some people that I talked to were like, well, maybe you could look into booking next summer. And I thought, how in the world am I supposed to think that far ahead to next summer? <laughs> listen, listen, you know what? I'm totally with you because I'm very much a last minute planner. So having to adjust schedules, this has been a huge shock for me. And this is what I do for a living, right? I plan travel all the time. It's true. It's a different way of thinking about things. If you want to go on a big trip, for instance, there are so many great safaris in Africa that are already sold out for 2022, if you can believe that. So it is true that people who are able to plan ahead have the advantage of getting their first choice of where they want to go and what they want to do because they have the advantage of being able to plan ahead. So I'm with you. That's not the way that I travel. I would say, though, every study shows that anticipation is one of the best things about a trip. So if you book your July trip now, it means you have a whole year to look forward to it, a year and a month. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that about the anticipation. So I guess that is... Oh, definitely. Yeah. There is huge psychological benefits to being able to look forward to a trip. So think about it like that as opposed to, oh, no, I have to wait so long. You're like, oh, goody, I get to go. Well, I'm also excited to get out and travel more. I've recently become obsessed with birds, but mostly in my backyard. And I've got several different visitors. Some are regulars and I've named them because I can tell them apart from the other ones. Like you would think, yeah, okay, all cardinals look the same, but they don't. They have very distinct features at times to where I have one named Happy and one named Scrappy. And they're so obvious to me. Like every time they visit, it's a special moment. I watched that movie, The Bird Year, and it made me want to like travel and get out and see birds, like all the different kinds and almost like have like a a chart of all the birds and I get to check them off and like tally how many different types of birds I can lay eyes on. Is that anything that you have tips on at all? So listen, yes. But my first question is, do you think that the cardinals think that all humans look the same? No. No. You think that they can tell the difference? Well, I mean, I hope so. I just can't ever seem to get close enough for them to really bond with me. I'm always through the window, and anytime I get too close, they fly away. But, I mean, I guess, honestly, I don't know really what birds see. (laughs) Well, I think you need to go to the Galapagos at some point, because if you've ever been there, the most amazing thing is animals don't fly away. All the animals in the Galapagos Islands, they've never had to be afraid of humans. There is a limit to how close you can get to the animals. That is sort of the rule for traveling around the Galapagos Islands. But you could get as close to the birds as you wanted to, and they would never flap away. So you should just add that to your list because that sounds like a very perfect place for you to go. Oh, okay, Closer yes. to home. And in America, we have a whole chapter in the book called Follow Nature's Lead. And one of the things that we talk about are where you can go to see birds. And so, for instance, the sandhill cranes fly from Siberia to Mexico along this kind of hourglass-shaped route that contracts in the middle of Nebraska in the Central Platte River Valley, where up to like more than half a million of them will gather to fuel up for the rest of their journey south. Another thing that you can do, this is kind of incredible, the Bay of Fundy in Nova Scotia, which has the highest tides in the world, is an incredible place that birds like to go also. And you can go with your checklist and see so many different kinds of birds. Close by in New Brunswick, this is the last thing I'm going to tell you about that I love, there are all of these birds. They fly from Canada down to South America. Now, plenty of birds do that. And, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, and we would see Canada geese flying south for the winter. That's not crazy. What's crazy, these birds fly from New Brunswick in Canada, and they do not stop until they reach South America. But they make one pit stop at this place in New Brunswick called Mary's Point, and that's their kind of pit stop before they go all the way across the north to south U.S. on their way to South America. How incredible is that? Oh, no, that's amazing. I feel like I definitely have some traveling that I I need to do. I feel like I'm not living enough. I'm not getting out and seeing enough. And what tips do you have for us when it comes to traveling? Like, how can we be better travelers in general? A lot of it is just being prepared, right? If there's stuff you always need when you travel, keep it all in the same place. So you don't have to go looking for your medicines or your travel toothbrush or your suitcase or your travel pillow. If it's all in one place, it's going to make getting ready to go super easy. The other thing, I want to come back to the birds. 
What I really like about you thinking about birds when you're traveling is you're using something you're passionate about to guide the way that you travel. And think about that. If there's something that you're really into, is there a band that you like? Is there a hobby that you have? Use that as the inspiration, as the starting point for how to think about your trip and for how to plan your trip. And then you can figure out, like, where will I, like, what's the national park where I can see the best birds? How much richer is your trip going to be than just going to a random beautiful national park if you know I'm seeing my birds here? And you can take whatever your passion is. Let's say you're crazy about hot dogs or let's say you're crazy about pizza. Imagine going on a trip throughout North America looking for the best pizza if you are a pizza fanatic. Wouldn't that be a great way to travel? Oh, yeah. No, I could get into that. Birds and pizza. Circling back to kind of what you said at the beginning about that balance of like making sure you don't return from vacation needing a vacation. Like, is there Mm -hmm. a percentage rule of like how much you should have planned out and sites that you want to see and things and then a percentage that, you know, you're relaxing and reading or laying out by the pool or maybe even taking naps or something like that? Yeah, You know, this is a really personal thing. So it's not as though you should say it should be 60-40 doing stuff versus doing nothing, right? It really depends on what kind of traveler you are and what kind of stuff you like to do. So for instance, I'm like the Energizer Bunny when when I travel. I'm go, 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 see everything, see everything, and then see a couple more things. So I can get to the end of the day, and if I've seen a billion things, I feel energized and charged. My husband at four o'clock every day, no matter where we are, he's like, peace out. I'm going back to the hotel. I'm taking a nap. I'll see you at dinner. Because too much for him by the end of the day means he's tired. And he hasn't had a good day if he's had to keep my pace. So I think the important thing to do is to figure out, like, what do you like to do? What's going to make you feel great when you get home and like you had a terrific trip? And make that your percentage. And by the way, If the people you're traveling with have different expectations and different travel paces, let everybody do what they want to do so that everybody ends up with a great trip. And it's not like somebody is dragging everybody else along to the thing that that first person wants to do that not everybody else thinks is as much fun. It's okay if the people who are traveling together don't all do the exact same thing. When you're traveling, especially if you're traveling in a group, is make sure you don't leave one person to do all the work, right? We have a section in the book, it's a little essay called like how to travel in a group without being a jerk. And it's basically like share the burden of the travel planning and of the coordinating because then everybody's invested in the trip. One person doesn't end up being tired because she, it's often a girl, I'm sorry, ends up having to do too much of the work, right? If everybody participates and if everybody respects what other people want to do, everybody's going to have a better time. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good tip, good reminder, especially as like I'm thinking of friends that are headed out on bachelorette weekends and bachelor parties. A lot of weddings are picking back up and people are traveling. And I feel like sometimes, yeah, that burden, if you're traveling with a group of friends, especially there might be one friend that takes a lot of it on or one family member that's taking a lot of that on. And so I assume with the book being called Travel North America and Avoid Being a Tourist, there's plenty inside for people to just know how to travel right here and get the most out of not even having to leave the country. Totally. And this is, you know, to get back to what we were talking about earlier, I think it's really important that we look at what's super close by, what's super close to home. Everybody's got that list of things that they know are close by, but they've never bothered going to. Use this as the summer to explore all of those things. And you know what? It may not be Paris, but there's no reason why you can't treat that adorable town that you know is just an hour away like an adventure. And you may only go for the day or you may only go for a weekend, but treat it like you're going to some foreign place and explore it in the way that you would explore Paris, like research what's the best restaurant in town. What's the cool museum that I want to see? What's a great walk that I can take? And you'll be surprised and probably delighted at the amazing things that are super close to home and you won't have any jet lag. I love that encouragement so much. So thank you so much you. for talking travel with us for a little bit today. Sure. And before you go, though, I, I got to know, is there like one item that you pack on every trip, like no matter what, or something that's great for travel that we all need to know about? an open mind, and a sense of curiosity. That is the essential thing to pack with you wherever you go. 
Can I mention that my website, fathomaway.com, has tons of tips for all over the world, tons of U.S., Canada, Mexico, Caribbean stuff. And the idea of not feeling like a tourist when you travel is feeling more like a traveler. It's feeling like I found something, I experienced something. It was super special. Awesome. Love that. And I love that, yeah, you're reminding people to stay curious. I think that we need to do that every day, like whether we're traveling or not, and that'll make life a little more interesting for sure. So thank you, Pavia, for coming on with us. Oh my God. Thank you, Amy. It was a pleasure. Um, Please say hi to the Cardinals for me. Oh, I definitely will. (laughs) All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. 